G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. We're talking about Christian movies, Christian filmmaking this hour, and a time to celebrate, because you might recall, if you've been a long-time listener to the Vision Radio Network and this program, well, we have been talking about a Aussie film called 1500 Steps, right from the time when it was really first getting underway, the pre-production stage, the filming. We've talked about it in post-production. Well, it's time for celebration because it's almost red carpet premiere time for this movie called 1500 Steps. And good to be able to welcome the man who's behind this project, the director of the film. Also the producer of the film and the CEO of Earl Street Pictures, Josh Reed. Hello, Josh. Welcome back to 2020. Thanks so much, Neil, for having us back. Uh, great to be on the program again. Well, Josh, this is getting up to a point now where you'll be able to breathe a sigh of relief when your baby is finally born. Uh, I guess, uh, you know, there is a, a major process in the production of a, a major film. Uh, you know, this is, a, this is a time for celebration for you because the red carpet premiere coming up basically uh, the 12th of November. That's uh, just a couple of weeks away. Yeah, it is. So uh, coming up very close and uh, we are having the premiere in Sydney in Randwick, which is in the area uh, which we filmed the majority of the film in. So we thought it was appropriate to um, screen it first at a cinema uh, where we actually uh, used the locations. Okay, that's going to be the Ritz Cinema in Randwick, and Correct. people people can can people still get tickets, or is this a sold out premiere? No, it's not. Uh, about half the tickets are gone, um, but we actually have an eight hundred seat cinema, uh, which is quite large. It's in an old uh, retro style uh, cinema, very beautiful building, and we're fortunate to be in the very large uh, cinema number one. So people can certainly go to our website still and purchase tickets um, because, yeah, we still have half a cinema to fill. Well, it's not every day you get to go along to a, a red carpet uh, film premiere and so uh, those uh, Sydney listeners in Western Sydney and, of course, uh, listeners throughout uh, the areas around Sydney who might be listening to our conversation even now uh, mm. may well like to converge on Sydney and uh, take part in that red carpet premiere. It's on the 12th of November for the 1500 Steps movie. Let's talk about the movie. This has been some years now in production, Josh, so uh, certainly it will be a sigh of relief when, when that film is finally premiered. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it certainly will be, Neil. It's... Um you know, th this film is a, a hero's journey, a high school coming-of-age drama about running the 1,500 metres. Um, but it feels like we've run our own marathon um, producing this film. And now that I've done it, everybody tells me, you know, what a big effort it is making your first feature film. Um, and this is sometimes from other film producers who have gone on to do multiple ones. Um, 
but uh, if I knew what, uh, you know, what a big deal it was, what an undertaking it actually is to produce a feature film, um, I may have had second thoughts if I, if I knew all that was in, entailed uh, at the very beginning. There's almost like a uh, a glorious uh, anticipation of what will be without a, a thought of the hard work. It is a little bit like giving birth, isn't it? I'm sure uh, I'm sure women will appreciate that uh, that idea of giving birth and uh, going through a whole uh, process uh, until yeah. the baby is finally born. Well, this is it has been hard work, and and I know we've had some conversations along the way, and uh, the excitement of the filming process and the actual filming of the movie didn't take all that long. It's just everything else that, that comes with it. It's, it's really a, a huge job after the, the filming has actually taken place. Certainly most of the work was done in post-production, and our post-production, um, I guess it really uh, blew out, and it took a much, much longer than we had anticipated at the very beginning. And we came across multiple problems um, in post, But uh, all in all, I guess, look, what it comes down to for me is that even though we could have given up and we had plenty of opportunity to give up at several stages over the past three years almost, um, we didn't and we stuck to our guns and we kept on fixing little bits and then fixing bigger bits. And the important thing was that we we kept doing it. We, We kept focusing. We kept the film going and uh, now we have a really great uh, product that you know is equal uh, equally up there with um, you know many other great uh, Australian and American films. Well, let's talk about the movie. Let's talk about uh, what it's about. What we ought to look forward to at the uh, the red carpet premiere. Uh, if I describe the way that the movie is is promoted, a, a transforming journey towards self-belief and brilliance, a cross between the chariots of fire and the karate kid. Uh, is that the is that an accurate sort of description of how your, your movie looks? I, I think so. It's a very similar storyline to, um, you know, to, well, to both karate kid movies. Um, and but yet it's a little bit older uh, kids. It's some um, sort of 16, 17 year old kids and uh, set in a high school. Um, It's about running the 1,500 metres, so we have our protagonist, or or the hero, or the star of the show, whose name is Jonas O'Brien, and everybody calls him Job for short. Um, Now, his mother died, and his father's an alcoholic, so he's basically, by default, stepped up and become the adult at his home, um, but yet he moves to a new town and he has a lot of trouble fitting in. And, you know, he's the typical loser protagonist that you have at the beginning of many, um, you know, even many Hollywood films. And he runs into the school bullies and he, you know, gets a lot of grief from them. And then he um, starts getting um, interested in a, a particular girl at school who's currently dating the school bully. So there's a bit of a love triangle there. And uh, yet through this, he actually um, gets entered into a race by a friend of his, um, ends up doing very well at the race, and an ex-Olympian who um, you know, does a little bit of work at the high school becomes this guy's mentor. And he helps Job, the protagonist, 
um, you know, step up and uh, become a much, much better runner. Um, and, you know, he does have some success at the end, but there's also a lot of tragedy at the end as well, without giving too much away. No, I don't think you've given away uh, the end result, but you've set that up very nicely for us. And, Josh, I want to invite our listeners to be a part of our conversation today because we're going to be talking about filmmaking. We're going to talk about Christians making films, and uh, there may be those who'd like to contribute to our conversation. So I want to open our talkback line, 1-800-880-876, and I want to ask our listeners to contribute. Uh, There might be a whole bunch of different dimensions you'd like to talk about, about today, what sort of films should Christian filmmakers be making? Uh, also, uh, the idea of for reflections that you might have on Christian films that you have seen over the years and how they've been an impact on you, an impact on your faith. And here's an important question you might like to be able to uh, help us address today as we open the talkback lines. Are Christian films just for Christians? Now, that's an interesting one. Be interested in your feedback on that. Josh, let me ask you about uh, about 1,500 Steps. Uh, this is a film that you've made as a Christian filmmaker, but you're not just directing that to already established Christian believers. You want this to to be a, a, a film that reaches out to a general audience. It's an interesting thing because we often hesitate saying that it's a Christian film because of a little bit of, you know, the history of B-grade level um, Christian films. Um, And that's certainly not knocking any. Uh, Now that I've gone through the process of making a film and it almost not working because of many issues, uh, you know, I, I really... Uh, understand and really honour anybody who's made a feature film, no matter what quality it is. Um, However, um, this was never intended to be a film for uh, the the existing Christian bubble or the Christian, um, you know, the church attending Christian viewer um, exclusively. It was a film made by uh, a Christian producer and director myself, and a Christian screenwriter and a couple of other um, Christian people involved. And we wanted to make this film for for kids who don't attend church, who probably know nothing about Christianity, who are, um, you know, quite aimless and um, don't have a lot of purpose in their lives. uh, Because a lot of this, uh, the screenwriter actually wrote this after the Cronulla riots, um, you know, many years ago. And she looked at all these kids in her area around Cronulla and went, why don't these kids have a purpose? Don't they know that there's a better way? Don't they know that there's an answer in Christ as well? Um, so it's a, fil- it's, a, it's a normal film made for a more general audience. But what it does is it has a subtle Christian message woven into the fabric of the story. And... That allows us then to grab a good script which has a Christian message woven into it and to produce that rather than um, producing a film and then dumping a Christian message on top of a story, if you know what I mean. Yes, and let's talk about how that works in practice. Uh, Perhaps if we were talking about 
the hero, the journey that the hero uh, undertakes in the film, how do you say that, uh, well, it's, it's, a, it's a Christian film, how does that compare to other uh, films that we might see coming out of Hollywood? Well, your basic Hollywood... Look, mo- most films uh, have what we call a hero's journey. Um, and this goes back to you know, uh, a long time ago, uh, you know, thousands of years ago, probably the first hero's journey written was the Epic of Gilgamesh um, from uh, Mesopotamia. And then we, even in the Bible, we see many hero's journeys where people, you know, start out as nothing, um, you know, like King David, started out as a shepherd boy and, you know, made his way and became a king. Um, Or, uh, of course, Joseph, you know, being sold into slavery, um, you know, being the least of his brothers and becoming the governor of Egypt. So we see many heroes' journeys in all sorts of literature. But what tends to happen out of Hollywood is a hero's journey that basically goes like this, Neil. The hero starts off an insignificant loser and ends up a hero and a winner and, you know, ends up really making good. But the the process between the beginning and the end is all about the loser working out things on his own and then through his own efforts and his own achievements and accomplishments, he becomes becomes successful, he becomes a winner or a hero. So there's something humanistic about the hero's journey in an Mm. ordinary Hollywood film. That's right. And I would say that that is not the Christian hero's journey. Mm. Um, You know, a lot of people say, well, you know, we're all the hero of our own journey. You know, we're we're all the star of our own life show. And and that's very true. Um, But... As a Christian filmmaker interested in making films which have a Christian message woven into them but for a more general secular audience, it's very important to understand Christian theology and to understand what the basics um, of uh, the Christian message actually is. Because you can't just say, well, it's it's got a Christian message because we because the, the, the hero gets inspired by reading a Bible, you know, rather than being inspired by uh, some other thing in a Hollywood film. That doesn't make it a Christian film. What, what, what makes this a Christian hero's journey in 1500 Steps is the fact that it, this guy starts off as a loser and he tries to um, do a few things through his own efforts. He discovers that he can't. And he finally gives up, cries out to God, and surrenders to God. So he surrenders his will, and he surrenders his desires before God. This is all done quite uh, symbolically in the film, you understand. Mm -hmm. But that's really what's happening. He surrenders to God, and once he does that, then God is actually able to use him and um, to to use him in a... um, in a, in a greater capacity. So it's not a pros- it's certainly not, not a prosperity doctrine, don't misunderstand me there. It's actually saying, you know, look, the, the Christian message is more about 
us surrendering to God, us saying, Jesus, I understand that I can't save myself. I understand I can't build or buy you know, or achieve my way to heaven. I need to surrender my will and my life to you. And that's when God, by his grace, goes, great. I there accept is... you and now I can use you. That word surrender uh, is loaded with so much wonderful impact. And uh, so if your film uh, actually brings people to a, a point where they appreciate and understand what surrender is, that's a very, very huge virtue that your film will uh, will cut through and uh, will communicate some wonderful things. Josh Reed is our guest. He's the director of a new film called 1500 Steps. It has its red carpet premiere on the 12th of November at the Ritz Cinema in Randwick in Sydney. We are talking about that film today and also inviting you to be a part of our conversation. Uh, you might like to let us know what you think about Christian films. Maybe you have a history where you can reflect on some Christian films you might have seen uh, perhaps over the previous decades. You might even be able to reflect on the way that those films have evolved uh, from those early ones that some people cringe at uh, to other ones that are just uh, absolutely brilliant in the way that they present a Christian message of the gospel. Now, you might also have some reflection on how Christian filmmakers should be making films. I mean, because sometimes we talk about... Bible epic films, just because there's a movie about the Ten Commandments or the Passion of the Christ, that's not the only thing, I guess, that makes a film a Christian film. You might like to reflect on that and the sorts of qualities you look at when you're discussing whether a film might be a Christian film or have Christian uh, ethics and virtues that come forth in the uh, in the way that the story is told. Are Christian films just for Christians? Why don't you call us our talkback line open one eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six. You can be a part of our conversation. Josh Reed is our guest. We're talking about fifteen hundred steps. Back with more in just a few moments. It's Neil with you on twenty twenty. We're talking filmmaking today. Christian filmmaking. Uh, on the eve of the release of a new movie called 1500 Steps, the red carpet premiere coming up on the 12th of November, you'll be able to go along and see 1500 Steps uh, when it is released, the Ritz Cinema in Randwick in Sydney. The director and producer of 1500 Steps, Josh Reed, is with us. Josh, uh, inviting our listeners to be part of our conversation, opening the talkback lines one eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six. 870 Tell me about Christian films. Are Christian films only those that are about Bible stories? Or what sort of depth do we need to be appreciating when we talk about a Christian film? Well, the traditional way of... You know, the, the, the traditional, I guess, definition of Christian films is they're films that are made by Christian filmmakers uh, for the Christian audience um, because, I, I mean, I don't even know how that started, but I, I guess, you know, it's a way of uplifting Christians. It's a way of um, allowing Christians who, you know, have an issue with many of the films that come out of Hollywood um, to actually sit down with their kids or their family and actually watch a film that they know isn't going to um, have anything you know horrible in it or a film that ha- that morally reflects their Christian values um, so there's those type of Christian films and then there are um, 
a few people, probably like myself around the world, who are Christian people but are making um, normal films but with a Christian message uh, woven into them. And there's certainly a couple of people um, in Hollywood that are doing this um, as their profession, like uh, Ralph Winter, for example, um, who's uh, the producer of a couple of the X-Men films. Um, and often I find that there are, there are very um, secular um, movies and TV shows that I'm often surprised at the level of Christianity uh, that is woven into them. Um, and, and then I guess if you go back you know, to uh, black and white movies, um, you've got movies like uh, The Bishop's Wife, um, which you know, were, was a very popular, very successful Hollywood film, but yet it very much followed um, a, a, you know, a, a theologically um, you know, sound uh, you know, Christian storyline. Uh, when we talk about movies like uh, The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, uh, The sure. Chronicles of Narnia, these are, uh, I guess, a different type of genre of film too. They're allegories. They're telling a story that's got a deeper underlying message. Yeah. As a Christian filmmaker, I guess when you're telling a story that you call as a, you know, it's a normal story, it's a normal movie, uh, there is a sense in which you're actually still interweaving a lot of meaning into the, the sorts of things that your characters are involved in. Every uh, Hollywood screenwriter and you know anybody that's writing professionally for film uh, has something that they start with, and um, a guy called Robert McKee calls it the controlling idea, and it's really another way of saying the message. <laughs> so every screenwriter, you know, the people that actually write the scripts for these movies, which they're all based on they have a, a controlling idea, a message that will come, which will not necessarily ever be mentioned in the film production, but it will come out um, almost subliminally, subliminally, I guess, um, through the film. Um, the controlling idea, in, a, in, in other words, is basically when you go to a cinema and watch a film and you walk out of it and you go oh, you know, I'd actually like to do something like that. Or you go out of it when you're with some friends and you go, oh, wasn't that interesting? And you start talking about something. It's almost like the film has triggered a thought in your mind or given you a new idea or a different way of thinking. And that's what the controlling idea is. It's the feeling that you get when you leave the cinema. Josh, when we go to the movies, I'm sure there would be none of us, even listening into our conversation, that ever think that when we go to sit in front of a movie because we're looking at some light entertainment, whether that be a light entertainment movie or some sort of extreme horror movie or whatever it might be, we never think that we're exposing ourselves to the controlling idea uh, that someone wants to actually, you know, play with our thoughts, uh, manipulate our our understanding. But uh, what you're saying is that the controlling idea behind any film is going to be important. So when you've got a Christian filmmaker uh, with the controlling idea, there's there's good things that will be communicated, uh, as opposed to where the controlling idea is even coming from someone who is very secular or humanist minded. And, and that's why I feel that, um, I guess, my calling, using, using a Christian word, 
is to actually make films um, for the secular market, um, but to very much, very purposely, um, you know, write scripts or be able to produce scripts and and adjust those scripts to actually have that controlling idea come through, because the purpose of particularly cinema is really to give people a hint of God, a, a glimpse of Christ, um, almost like a little preview of, hey, people out there that don't know the basics of Christianity, you know, pe- people out there in Australia who mainly don't attend church, um, this is a, you know, y- they go and watch a movie and then the movie gives them a little bit of an idea that maybe they should start looking into God or at least on the very surface level, at a very, you know, uh, Greenfields level, Neil, to go, you know what, maybe there is a God, and maybe that God is Jesus Christ. Tell me, Josh, about some of your uh, early Christian film experiences. Uh, are there any favourites that you can think of uh, offhand? Uh, I mean, I, when I think of uh, some early Christian films that I saw, I, I think of The Cross and the Switchblade, yeah. Uh, the story of Nicky Cruz. I mean, I remember uh, just being a uh, probably teenager when uh, when I saw that movie. Uh, very effective, powerful movie. wasn't a biblical effort, uh, uh, epic, but it was a movie that was about a preacher and it was about people who were uh, you know taking making wrong decisions and things like that, and and how there was a change and transformation. Uh, what sort of movies do you reflect on when you think of uh, your own childhood and uh, teenage years? Were there Christian movies that had any impact on you? Um, there, well, there, there were, and um, I guess the impact, though, that some of them had on me was one of um, frustration. And this would have been, I guess, when I was, you know, maybe uh, in my teenage years, watching films that seems to be a very normal story, and then all of a sudden you've got two ladies sitting on chairs in a kitchen together, and all of a sudden they're just reading the Bible to each other, you know, in the middle of the film. Um, and, and so it was things like that that really started to get me frustrated very, very early on, and I guess I just kept asking myself the question, not, not can we do better, because you can always do better every film that you make quality-wise because you learn more things. My question was, can't we be cleverer? Um, you know, can't we... Um, you know, we're called to go out in, into all the world, but in order to do that, we need to understand the world that we live in and we need to, you know, do as Paul did uh, in the Areopagus um, in Acts 17 to refer to, you know, a, a poem by a Stoic philosopher about Zeus and to actually quote that in the New Testament or to refer to the statue of the unknown God. Um, so I think today we're a bit like first century um, Athens in, in Australia and, and America and, and the UK where we are going out to a people who don't have a great impression of Christianity we're in somewhat of a post-Christian culture. We're very much in a post-church culture. And so when we go out and speak to people, we need to use language that they can understand. And one of the powerful languages that we can use to reach people is cinema. 
And as you say, there needs to be a new level of sophistication about the way that you deliver the message. And uh, we'll talk too, uh, if we, uh, as we continue our conversation, about the production. You talked about the quality of the production, those sorts of things. I'll ask you about uh, the quality of the production uh, in 1,500 steps. It's been a big process, and uh, we'll talk about that too. We're talking with Josh Reed. He is the director of a brand new film called 1500 Steps. The red carpet premiere is coming up on the 12th of November at the Ritz Cinema in Randwick in Sydney. We are talking through issues to do with Christian film today. And you can be a part of our conversation. You can call us. Our talkback line is open. 1-800-880-876. What sort of films... Should Christian filmmakers be making? You might have some thoughts. You can disagree with some of the things we've been talking about. You may agree. You might like to reflect on Christian films that have had an impact on your faith in your younger years. And you might like to reflect on whether Christian films are just for Christians or whether they should be there as an outreach to a general audience. You can call us 1-800-880-876. Back with more Josh Reed in just a few moments. It's Neil with you on 2020. Our special guest this hour, Josh Reed, who's the director of a new movie called 1500 Steps. The red carpet premiere is coming up on the 12th of November at the Ritz Cinema in Randwick. Josh, the premiere that's coming up, uh, you'll be obviously uh, proudly walking the red carpet. Uh, Tell me about your actors, uh, those who are the lead roles in 1500 Steps. Uh, 1500 Steps, uh, we really had some, um, some really tremendous young actors um, and uh, we ended up auditioning quite a lot of people and we were really blessed to um, just get some really great actors like a young guy, Alex Facini, who plays um, the main character, Job, Jack Matthews, who plays the antagonist, and uh, also Laura Benson, who's another Sydney actor, all very young uh, ladies and gents who um, really take their acting craft very seriously and, uh, and that really reflected um, in the film. And, of course, you know, one of the major struggles of, um, well, not just Christian filmmaking, but any independent filmmaking is, um, is your actors. Um, you know, uh, and I think the... The, the end result of um, 1500 Steps uh, having such great young actors was that um, you can actually uh, see that we haven't just grabbed our cousins or our, you know, our, our children or our friends you know, five minutes before we shot the film, um, which often uh, independent films do look like. Um, you can actually really tell uh, the quality of the films um, and even though we had a very low budget, uh, ridiculously low, um, you can really see that um, it looks like a much, much more higher budget, um, even Hollywood-level film. That is something people will look forward to seeing, and uh, we might talk some more about those things. I feel like we've been alongside you uh, all the way, because I remember mm. you were uh, when you were getting underway with filming and, uh, and the idea of uh, casting extras and uh, mm-hmm. all of those different things that we've been talking about, those in past times. Let's take some calls. 1-800-880-876. If you'd like to be a part of our conversation, we're talking about what sort of films... 
Christian filmmakers should be making. Uh, you can be a part of this conversation, one eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six. Let's hear from Bruce, who is in Tambourine in Queensland. Hello, Bruce. Welcome to 2020. Yeah, good day there, big fella. How are you going? Very well, Bruce. What's your contribution to our conversation about film today? Well, uh, the long and short of it is when we have a look at the uh, the greats of uh, years years ago, you know the Wesleys, the Whitfields, the the Finneys, and the Edwards, and all of those sort of guys. There was no holding back. I was listening before when you guys were talking about your Christian faith and about the basis of of making the film. There's a there's a a depth of reality of of the the preachers of old, which is not seen in a lot of churches today. Mm. So you're saying that uh, that films ought to reflect a a straightforward presentation? Is that what you're saying, Bruce? No, I'm not talking about a straightforward presentation. Um, I'm talking about, for example, Whitfield, when he was preaching on the veranda of a veranda of a, uh, a house where the miners were coming out from underground, you know, being mining coal or something, many many years ago in England, I think it was. Um, the the conviction that was upon those people was so great that they would hang on to the veranda post screaming out because the conviction of sin on their life was so great they they were slipping into hell. Yep. That, let's uh, yep. Let's hear from Josh. Uh, Josh, your thoughts on uh, on the sort of conviction that comes from the preaching of the gospel and uh, how that might relate to uh, to modern filmmaking. How does that relate to uh, to the sorts of Christian films that you might have seen of recent times? Sure. Um, look, the first thing I'd say is that all Christian media, whether it be radio, um, TV, film, YouTube videos. All Christian media is ultimately there to serve the church. Um, and because we are all, you know, part of the one church. And so as a Christian person who is also a filmmaker, I go, well, how does what I do, because you don't often, although, you know, there are certainly examples of it, um, you don't often see um, films being made within the cover of a local church. Um, and so what I have to always question myself is, well, what's my place? And I really believe that my place as a Christian person making films but being very um, evangelistic in my heart is that I need to reach people at a very surface level. So I'm not using films that will result in people um, being converted on the spot when the credits roll at the end of the film. I'm producing films which give people a very little hint, a very little glimpse, an idea of what God is. And then that is one seed that's planted along a person's journey, which we hope will eventually lead them to Christ and hopefully um, become, you know, become uh, involved in a local church family where they can come to know Christ, but also get that maturing and that, um, you know, that whole Christian walk happening. 
Um, Timothy Keller, a uh, well-known Christian author, has recently written a book called Centre Church, um, doing balanced gospel-centred ministry in your church. And it's a very quite a large and complicated book. But what I really like is that it's about the reality that many churches and pastors are struggling to adapt their church or their message to the post-Christian culture which we live in without, though, abandoning an orthodox theology. So I try to uh, understand and read more and more and more about my you know, Christian theology so that I can really understand what the Bible's saying about who God is um, so that I can target people at a very surface level but still be very much theologically correct as I do it. Bruce, sometimes I like to talk about what I'd call pre-evangelism. You're talking about a direct evangelism when you reflect on the Whitfields and the Wesleys. Uh, what are your thoughts on the idea of pre-evangelism, Bruce, from Tambourine? Uh, any, any further thoughts on those sorts of things? There is all forms of evangelism which the Lord does use. And that there's a friendship evangelism. There's a uh, evangelism of hints, if you will, um, for want of a ter- better term. The Lord will use... Uh, the lighter forms of, of uh, evangelism, it'll be a word that the Lord will dig out uh, at, at the appropriate time. It'll bring a, he'll bring it back to their remembrance, that which the Lord has said to them at a, some point in their life. The, uh, I, I don't in any way, shape or form um, criticise someone for, for uh, using, a, using the gospel in this manner. Mm. But uh, I think it's well worth being said that the, the 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 modern church, as it is, it's a you know it's it's a bless me club in a lot of cases. There's not a lot of um, lot of uh, hard hitting gospel that's being preached. And certainly when you reflect on uh, the Whitfields and uh, the Wesleys, they were very, very hard-hitting and uh, straight between the eyes and uh, the most courageous evangelists I can think of, in fact. Bruce from Tambourine, thanks so much for being part of 2020 today. You can be a part of 2020. You can you can uh, uh, be part of this conversation. What sort of films do you think? Uh, Christian filmmakers should be making today. You can call us one eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six one eight hundred eighty eight zero eighty seven six. Josh Reed is our guest. He's the director of a new film called Fifteen Hundred Steps. It has its red carpet premiere coming up on the twelfth of November. That's a Wednesday night at the Ritz Cinema in Randwick in Sydney, and we're celebrating a little today with Josh and reflecting on what it is to be a Christian filmmaker. You can be part of our conversation one eight hundred. 880876 back with more in just a few moments. 2020, a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. It's Neil with you on 2020. We're talking Christian filmmaking today. Josh Reed, our guest, the director of 1500 Steps, the red carpet premiere coming up on the 12th of November at the Ritz Cinema in Randwick in Sydney. Interesting just hearing that last uh, spot going to air talking about the abolitionists. Josh, when we uh, recently saw the film Amazing Grace, yep. uh, which was uh, you know all about... Uh, uh, Wilberforce and uh, the abolition of slavery. I mean, it was a powerful movie with a powerful Christian message too. Mm. 
absolutely. And um, there are, you know, movies like that that, you know, aren't particularly marketed as Christian films, but often do have a very strong uh, Christian message uh, woven into them, which is what I'm trying to do. Um, and, and there's all sorts of examples uh, like that, uh, you know, like a couple from Hollywood that I often point out are, are um, one called Here Comes the Boom, which is, uh, you know, a comedy um, film with um, Kevin James, but yet it actually has quite a Christian message um, woven into it, you know, believe it or not. Um, and then uh, there's a kids' film that my daughter loves called um, Cowgirls and Angels, and um, that actually has a lot of Christian symbolism and Christian elements. Um, even one of the main um, kind of God characters or mentor characters um, is actually a, uh, basically a, a cowboy chaplain. Um, and yet that film was never intended to be marketed as a Christian film. Interesting when you talk about marketing and the size of the Christian film industry, and it's huge in the US, uh, there is a sense in which people can make Christian uh, films just for a Christian audience. But when you talk about marketing, uh, you're saying, well, hang on, we can't just... Uh, serve only a willing Christian community. We've got to be be able to make movies that actually do challenge the way people think beyond the Christian community. Mm. Yeah, um, and that 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 well, that's it. That that's it in a nutshell. Um, I think as evangelistic Christians these days, we have to go. Well, why are we? Make, why are we producing anything? You know, why why are we doing anything if it's just there to serve um, the existing Christian bubble, um, which is more prevalent in America than Australia, of course. But even here, we can often um, Christianize things. Like you might like four wheel drive riding, you know, <laughs> and you're at a church, and instead of going and joining a perfectly good four-wheel drive club down the road, you decide to start a Christian four-wheel drive club for Christian four-wheel drivers. Um, you know, or, um, you know, it, it, it's this thing where we put Christian on things. Um, you know, like, you know, somebody might say, well, I'm a Christian comedian. Um, and that often means that you're not very funny. <laughs> you know? um, but, uh, and, and so when we say Christian films, it often means that we're actually making uh, media that is actually targeting a Christian audience. And sometimes that means that the quality isn't very good or the scripting. But the saddest part about it is that it's such a mammoth effort to make a feature film. If it's really only there to make Christians feel good, I don't really understand um, what the point of it is. Um, Whereas I'm very much convicted to make films for a secular audience, but something that has almost a hidden uh, Christian message in it. Um, and I guess, Neil, also I get uh, a little annoyed when, you know, because we'll often say, oh, yeah, but there's a Christian message there. Um, and, but often we don't really define what that means. Like, what, what, what is the Christian message that's in that film or that book or that, you know, or, or that song? Um, and so I would say that the Christian message of 1500 Steps 
is that you can't do it on your own, that you can't save yourself, and that it's only when you surrender to God and, and, you know, and let everything else go before him that God can actually pick you up and use you, um, you know, and potentially use you for, for greater things as well. So that is the Christian message um, in 1500 Steps, which is saved by grace, which is ultimately the, our essential Christian message, right? Sometimes we talk about in-reach and outreach, and what you're saying is if you've got an outreach movie, uh, then you're going to include people beyond, as you call it, the, the Christian bubble. Mm. It also makes it easier to invite a friend to go along and see a yeah. movie that's that's planned to be an outreach movie rather than uh, bringing along a friend to see something that's uh, you know very in-reach and you've got to bring some sort of explanation to perhaps Christian jargon and, and some things like that. But uh, the idea of uh, an outreach movie makes it accessible, doesn't it? Yeah, well, 1,500 steps, um, and I don't know if we'll do this straight away or, you know, sometime into next year after we've done more of a cinema and DVD release um, to the general population, but ultimately it's a great opportunity for churches, you know, particularly youth groups, because it's a youth film, to grab a copy of it, screen it in their church and, you know, invite all their... Um, you know, get their youth to invite all their schoolmates and stuff who don't go to church normally to watch this film and then have a little bit of a discussion about the story of the film, um, understanding the Christian symbolism and the Christian elements that are in that film, 1500 Steps. Josh, running short of time a little now as we head up to the news, but uh, let's spend uh, just a few minutes reflecting on this red carpet uh, premiere that you've got coming up on the 12th of November. Uh, are, you, are you arriving in a limousine? Are you doing the, uh, uh, the director? I mean, you, what sort of, are you wearing a beret? I mean, tell me about uh, what you're anticipating on this red carpet premiere. Uh, well, I won't say that I'll be smoking one of those very long <laughs> cigarettes, um, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know what I'm arriving in. It might be by by the train, um, but it's it's going to be a bit of a do. Yes, um, yep. there's going to be outside the cinema. It's going to say 1500 steps world premiere, and when you enter the cinema, there will be a red carpet that people will walk on um, to go into the uh, the big 800 seat cinema. Um, there's going to be posters up. And then what we're going to do before the screening is uh, myself, the director and producer, and the screenwriter, Maureen Gibbons, uh, we're going to just introduce the film very briefly. And then after the credits have finished, at the end of the film, uh, we're asking people to um, just sit for a few more minutes and we're going to do a Q&A &A, um, directly after the film. Um, so that'll probably be done with Maureen, myself, and um, two of the stars uh, of the film, so that they, ca you know, so that all these people that come to see it and have been interested in it for, um, you know, the last few years and can finally see it, can ask us all sorts of questions um, because we certainly uh, went through some mammoth efforts. Um, in fact, um, you know, our sound, um, we had major, major, major issues with our sound. And we probably went through about seven different people involved in our sound until kind of at the 11th hour when we were about to give up on it one more time. We finally got it mixed by a guy uh, down in Melbourne who is 
who turned out to be one of the best sound mixers in the country. And now you are able to watch it and you wouldn't even know that, um, that we struggled with our sound for, for most of the post-production. It's also a huge night for your cast of young actors. Uh, we may well be seeing here with the experience that they've gone through in the uh, in the uh, the way that they've uh, performed in the film. Uh, we may be seeing a, a whole new uh, set of young stars born in this moment. Is that the case? I'd say so. Um, look, you know, look, there's certainly um, a couple of uh, people. Look, certainly the highlights are. Um, Alex Facini, Laura Benson and uh, Jack Matthews, um, but also a guy who actually plays a deaf character. Um, so he, he actually had to learn sign language, um, Adam Deer. So there's young guys like that. They, they look great. You know, they're good looking. They're really high level actors for their age. And uh, my hope certainly is that this film is going to be a stepping stone in a really, really great career for these guys because I reckon all of those ones that I mentioned, plus many of the others, um, have great potential to make a, a very, um, very good career um, as a screen actor. Well, Josh, I point people to the website, www.1500steps.com. In fact, if you simply Google 1500 Steps, that's 1500 Steps, uh, you'd be able to find a trailer. Uh, Josh Reed, great talking. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you so much, Neil. Found yourself listening to The Christian Station, huh? Don't tune away. You might just hear something life-changing. And if you need... Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.